If I could describe the Give My Life tour in one word, it would be vulnerability. Showing up for yourself is so important. Welcome to the Give My Life tour. I'm your host, Lydia T. Blanco. Taking the stage with me today is Dr. Akila Kaday, the founder of Change Kaday Consulting. In the last episode, I spoke about how the Get My Life Tour came about and how I left my job to exit a toxic work environment. And let me just tell you, if I knew Dr. Kaday last year, I would have been begging for her services. I know that sounds extreme, but God's timing is perfect. So she's here to join us today on the journey. What I'm going to do is get right into her bio, and Dr. Kaday will take the stage with us. Dr. Akila Kaday, MPH, has 15 plus years in management and building successful projects, teams, and leaders. She has worked various multi million dollar projects. I had to slow down to get that multi million dollar <laughs> projects out, ranging from healthcare to education. Dr. Kaday is the founder of Change Kaday, an Oakland based organization developmental consulting firm specializing in diversity, equity, and inclusion. Change Today aims to support women and people of color in underserved communities through coaching, strategy, innovation, and organizational change. Today is a French term that means soldier. And Change Today and Change Today prepares soldiers of change to overcome barriers in the workforce so there can be more opportunity for women and people of color. As a woman of color, she uses her personal and professional experiences, as well as the touch as Beyonce, yes, to inspire her work. Dr. Kaday holds a Bachelor of Science in Health Education and Community-Based Public Health, a Master of Public Health, and a Doctorate <laughs> of Health Sciences and Leadership in Organizational Behavior. Savior. Dr. Kaday, it is not Cadet. It's not. It is not. <laughs> Welcome to the Give My Life Tour. Thank you. I am so thrilled to be having this conversation with you. I am too. And I have to take it back to when we first met. Yes. Here in the Bay Area. Yes. I was here for work. On your side of the Bay. On my side of the Bay. <laughs> Shout out to San Francisco. And... <laughs> You pulled me to the side and I looked at you. I saw your curls. I believe I was getting off yes. the escalator. Yes. Running around like a chicken with my head cut off, working the event, mm-hmm. being on stage, mm-hmm. dealing with all these HBCU students. Mm-hmm. And you stopped me. And I don't know why you stopped me at the time, but I was like, <laughs> whoever she is, I need to talk to her clearly. And we connected over Instagram. We did. I slid in your DMs. Yeah, slide in my DMs. <laughs> people don't slide in my DMs enough. Not that I want them to, but I kind of just I do. I like that. when people slide in my DMs. Yeah. I do. Because it's, you know, usually good stuff. I mean, I get marriage proposals. I don't want that, Ooh. but yeah. Look, if you yeah. can pay these student loans at this point in my life. I mean, I would just want him to spell Mary, right? Oh. Yeah. Ooh. You was know like I mean? Mary Christmas or married a woman? Mary the woman. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not her. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Beyond the marriage proposals. Yes. I am so glad that you slid into my DMs Aww. because I had this idea for the Get My Life Tour. And the first time that we got on the phone, what, mm-hmm. a month later or so, mm-hmm. yeah. it came full circle. Like, I knew 
that I was supposed to run into you that day. So Aww. I'm so glad you stopped me. No problem. So glad we followed up. And now we're sitting here <laughs> having this conversation. Yeah. And the reason why is because in the last episode, I talked about, you know, being employed Mm -hmm. and feeling like a failure because I was burnt out Mm -hmm. and experienced so much toxicity Mm -hmm. in English. And (laughs) you you related to that story. Yes. Um, Tell me more about your journey as a coach Mm -hmm. and a professional who has had a similar experience Mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. So first I stopped you because you're working the event hard and you were doing your thing. You're up on the stage. I was like, Ooh, I need to talk to her. There's Mm -hmm. something about her. And so when I ran into you and you were on the move, I was like, I'm gonna follow up with you. And so I'm glad it all worked out. And I'm glad you noticed something about me as I noticed something about you. So I know tender moments. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, so my journey is an interesting one. I was originally pre-med. I'm a first-generation child. I'm a child of an immigrant. So, you know, I knew at nine I was going to be a physician. I was going to be a great physician. Um, as I went into the journey and got into grad school, being pre-med, chemistry was the devil. Mm-hmm. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay, so maybe this isn't for me. But my major was health science. So I learned about this other side of healthcare and management and what's needed to make doctors strong and successful and support nurses and this whole thing, systems, community. And it was totally my jam. So I was like, I'll be a health administrator. I'll be a manager. So I did those things for a while, went back to get my master's in public health um, because people weren't treating me with respect. Um, So I got my master's at some age in my 20s. I don't remember. Um, And then I ended up working at a hospital and it was a a dream job because if you're in health administration, the hospital is hospital or health system is where it's at because that has the power and the leverage. And then you can really affect change Mm -hmm. with the people that work there and the people that are treated there. So um, I got a great job. I was um, working in the education and training department and um, my boss and I started on the same day. My boss and I both had A names. My boss and I had a similar skin color. Okay. So people got us confused all the time. They're like, is it you that was this or that or whatever? Um, And it was funny for us. And we developed a wonderful working relationship. And we also developed a friendship, too, at the same time. I had never been in a situation where someone was around my age who was my supervisor, um, who believed in me. Um, She actually wrote my... um, one of my letters of recommendation for my doctoral program. Wow. Yeah. So it was wonderful. Great. Fast forward, things started to change. Mm-hmm. Um, um, a member of this committee that was introducing a new type of initiative for the health system. And one day uh, I was the expert. And then the next day I was taking notes and I was like, mm, see, I have a, I have a wow. master's and this job requires a master's and the staffer for that committee was moved to a different role. So for some reason, they thought me that I was the person that needed to take notes. And I was like, you realize if I take notes, then my voice has no value anymore because I'll be treated. I'm already a a woman. I'm already perceived young. I'm already a a black woman. So they're going to treat me like an assistant. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened. So stuff like that started to happen and change. And then I felt like I was fighting for my position. Um, Eventually, the person who had the A name, like me, she got a meteoric uh, promotion. So Meaning that she was a manager and went into a chief position. Wow. So she's like, you know what? I want you to come with me. So she gave me a director title to implement change for the workforce and improve the workforce. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I was probably 
maybe a year and a half away from finishing my doctorate. So it was in line with being someone who was into um, leadership and organizational behavior. I'm like, this is perfect. And I'll have a job to move into and then promises of more money. Fast forward, I had to um, find the fundraising for building that department. And then I also had to um, kind of like develop the role. And then at some point I had to go back into my old role and do my old job half the time and this new job half the time. Wow. So it was, I was like, something, something isn't right. So she went on vacation, came back. I won all the fundraising grants that I wrote. And then she was like, okay, well, you can just go back to your old job. I had been six months, go back to your old job. And then um, I'm also never going to pay you for the work you're doing. And um, yeah, you can just work from home on Fridays because I know you're finishing your doctorate and just like check your work email. Wait, so does she mean she wasn't going to pay you in U.S. currency? Or you weren't going to be compensated? Not compensated. And your intellectual property and hard work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It went overlooked, but almost borrowed. Let's say borrowed. Or do you, do you want to go for the, the, stolen? the S word? Okay, yeah. Stolen, okay. stolen ripped what? away. Okay. You know. <laughs> just taking her all the, all the feelings that you have for a bad work day. Mm. It was just multiplied by 10. It was a, it was a horrible day for me because I believed in this woman. I felt she believed in me. She's a woman of color and she betrayed me. So my body was like, I don't know how to deal with this. We're used to like white people fucking you over, yes. you know, but n- not a person of color. So that, that was different. Like I had stuff when I was in high school and women of color being difficult, but not in the professional sense because there's only so many of us. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there should be a form of solidarity, which I learned from there, that experience there wasn't. So I didn't know what to do because every day going back to work was PTSD for me. Every day was um, just really, really frustrating because she went on maternity leave soon after, didn't communicate that my role changed. Yeah. Um, so people are asking me for the same thing because again, both have a names and say same, you know, skin color. And I had to say no. And I said no, because I wasn't going to get paid for that. There was no need for me to go to this additional committee meeting or go across town to this meeting. Cause I was no longer in that role. So for some people, it looked like I was an asshole, but I was really protecting myself yeah. because I wasn't going to, it wasn't worth it for me anymore to go above and beyond because that wasn't my role anymore. So I, um, half-assed my work. Um, I did the bare minimum to get my job done. And I'm a Virgo, so my half-ass is a full-ass for most people. Like <laughs> They don't know the difference, but for me, I felt the difference because I don't like being in a situation where I can't give my all or feel challenged or grow. So I did that for a while. Um, I eventually, there's a lot of other horrible things that happened there, like messing with my job and just things that were just really cruel. Um, and so once I was able to graduate um, with my doctorate, I, uh, a month later was diagnosed with severe depression. So I knew something wasn't right about me, how I was feeling. And I do have three degrees in health. So I really knew something wasn't right. Mm-hmm. Um, I just had to realize that I needed to go and talk to someone about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but really just to have the the brain space and capacity to deal with it. So yeah. just being in school for so long, um, I was in school full-time and I work full-time. So I didn't have time wow. to do anything. Like at all. You know, you mentioned body mm-hmm. before you mentioned the feeling of PTSD. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we know our bodies so yeah, well, but we there's do. so much that we ignore. Yeah. I remember sitting in my chair and being on deadline and literally not moving 
because I had to get something done. Mm -hmm. That didn't really translate to bowel issues for me Mm -hmm. in my thinking or my posture, Mm -hmm. you know, all of my muscles being stretched, Mm -hmm. trying to pull me back because I was so cringed over, you know, because of the pressure at one, at what point did you realize that you had to retreat from all of the nonsense happening in the workspace to really take care of yourself. You have your doctorate, your mm-hmm. your MPH, you have everything that you need, all the intellect you need to take care of yourself. But what point did the trigger go off for you? Um, I didn't want to live and I was trying to figure out how to end my life. So that's really what it was for me. So I was like, but, you know, you have your twin sister and you have your little bros, like, and those are the main reasons why I chose not in my life. So I was like, you should probably see a therapist. And I've gone to therapy before. Therapy is a great thing. Um, But I was, I I thought I was fine, but I was really just surviving just Mm. to get to the point where I could live again. So um, by seeing a therapist, I saw two, they both diagnosed me with severe depression. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay. So, which isn't good. Um, so from there I was like, okay, I had a horrible time finding a therapist, but the second one wasn't that bad. Um, and she told me some things and I was like, okay, well, um, I'm gonna go live my life and figure this out because the stuff she told me was great, but it would take time for me to make those changes. So I just bought a ticket to Thailand and I went to Thailand for two weeks and did the whole eat, pray, love thing and had moments there um, and decided to come back and have a different attitude. So like I was in a place where I did not care what I wore to work and I love my fashion and I just didn't care. Like it's just, I didn't care. Um, So I started to like actually think about what I wore, started interviewing for jobs, applying for jobs, networking. Um, I put more time into change today. So I did start that uh, my last year of my doctoral program to see people would pay me as a pretend doctor. <laughs> and if they paid me as a pretend doctor, then they pay me as a doctor. Wow. Right. So I basically did like a, a pilot year with that. So I put more time into that and website and like social media, like doing things to have some type of forward momentum and like mm-hmm. something to look forward to because work wasn't giving that to me. So I had to really focus on myself. And so, um, once I was able to do that, I was able to find another job. Um, that was like the dream job where top floor and fancy suits. And I really did feel like the Olivia Pope of diverse inclusion and equity. And like, it was, it was a great job, but a series of unfortunate events there, it ended up not being the right fit for me. So I was put in a position where, um, I was fired for being myself Mm. and, um, that was another indication of, Hmm. Do I go back into severe depression where I'm so, so, so good at severe depression? My body, like you said, my body really loves the feeling of severe depression and just being in darkness and sadness and tears. Um, Or do I go back to finding another job where I can be in a situation where I have another horrible boss, like the woman who had the same color as me or another, I, I was able to like reflect back on my career and realize that there was this common theme like even when I was fired there's this common theme of discrimination and misogyny and ageism um and also just being too smart like I didn't know being too smart was a like it was a negative yeah when I always told people these are my degrees you know and so 
um, from there I had to like figure it out. Like, what do I want to do? How do I want to do it? And do I want to just take a chance on myself and build change today out? And so I chose to take a chance on myself and build change today out. I didn't have any money. I just moved to this apartment we're in now. Um, I exhausted all my savings. So I, uh, when I was fired, it was fired a week before my birthday. So I asked people for grocery store, uh, gift cards. Smart. Yeah. And I used that and ate out of my freezer and my pantry and hustled. I had tiny little projects. Um, I wrote for a couple of contracts. Um, so within six months I had, um, one $235,000 in contracts. That is incredible. <laughs> Before we get to the $235,000 in those multi-million dollar contracts and projects, I want to go back to your point about noticing and paying attention to the reoccurring things in your mm-hmm. life. You're a doctor. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not a therapist by trade. Yeah, I'm not. No. But we all have like the, the our fake authority therapist yeah. that we put on, right? Right. What was it inside of you that chose to live, that chose to pay attention to those patterns outside mm. of your your twin mm-hmm. and your little brothers? What was that for you? Um, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I really, honestly, think it was just my siblings because that would just be really fucked up for them to have to live with that, and through knowing how they would feel, then maybe that's when a little bit of a flicker of my light bulb came back on to Mm -hmm. choose to figure out how to live a life that I wanted to live. Um, and learn that just because other people didn't like me or, um, we really learned that because you're at work so much, you're at work more than you are in your personal life. That work really isn't your identity. And I thought work was my identity. Like I have a high powered mom. She's super successful. She also has her doctorate. Work, work, work is her thing. It's her thing. And I grew up seeing that and a lot of her identities around um, work. And so I kind of thought it was the same thing for me. And so unfortunately, I didn't put the time and energy into knowing what I needed Mm -hmm. to be happy and hoping that work would make me happy or this guy that I was dating would make me happy or this food or whatever the thing was would make me happy. So I think that was one way I was able to kind of figure out my feelings. Um, and then when I realized that I started um, stepping into my light, then I was able to figure out how to shine. Because a lot of my life is in the darkness. Like it really is. And I still struggle with depression now too. But um, now I can say like, oh, I woke up today or I left the house or I took a shower um, and I learned how to celebrate the little ones. Um, and then by building my practice and um, speaking to more people and executive coaching and, you know, working on the projects that I have, people are like, oh, you're awesome and amazing and great and all these fabulous, wonderful things. And I had to learn how to take compliments. So like, yeah, you're right. And now like on my phone, it says I'm amazing. <laughs> because you are amazing. I am. I am. But it took a while to get there. Stepping into your life. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I often tell people about this Get My Life Tour is about showing up for yourself and taking mm-hmm. it to the stage. What people often think is a very selfish, selfish act. Mm-hmm. But what I've learned along my journey is that you have to be selfish mm-hmm. 
while you provide and take care of and protect and guard and all these other things for other people, there is an amount of selfishness that you need in order to survive. Mm -hmm. What were some of the things that formed and came to life as you stood in the light and center stage in your life? Um, I was able to be happy and I hadn't been happy for a while. And a lot of it is because when you work full time and you're in school full time and I'd been in school since I was in kindergarten, like, you know, I was just always in school, 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 school. So I, I had never been in a, a place in my life where I wasn't thinking about going back to school mm-hmm. or in school. So just having that done helped, um, a lot. And then, um, in those six months of, of building my company, I, um, I didn't realize how tired I was. Mm. So um, it took me after graduating from my doctorate, it took me about a, a year, year and a half to sleep longer than five hours. Yeah. Cause my brain was like, you have something to do. You either need to go to work or you have to write a paper, go to work, write, do your research, whatever. And so it wouldn't stop. So it took a while to like condition that. So within those six months I had days where I did nothing and I just didn't shower. I would just lay down. I would watch TV. I would sleep. And, um, it was a way to kind of like rebuild. Um, and then I had a lot of time to reflect again on, on things that were happening beyond my, you know, previous career, but things that I did in my life and where I am now and, um, where things add up. And for me, I, I'm, um, I'm the first, grandchild for my grandmother. She's passed away. My sister and I are twin life. I can't say it's just me. It was us. <laughs> um, but um, I was super close to my grandmother and I talked to her all the time and get all this advice. And um, upon reflection, when I was younger, she would tell me, she's like, Keela, you're going to have special powers. And I was like, grandma, what does that mean? She's like, you'll figure it out. I was like, I feel like I feel like you should tell me more about that because you know something that I don't know. And she's like, you'll figure it out. And she'd always tell me that. And so um, I didn't realize that my special powers were one surviving because that was amazing for me to do. But um, because she told me that I, I had these special powers, I realized that I was actually a fearless person. Like, I just don't care. Like, I just like what, you know, you're going to do it. It happens. You do it and it doesn't happen. Um, and so I learned how to be more of my true authentic self and people are like, Akilah straightforward. She'll always tell you the truth. I'm like, yeah, I will. Cause I don't sugarcoat. There's no need for that for me. Right. And if you don't like sugarcoating, then it's probably not gonna work. Um, in any professional and personal relationship. Um, but I realized that I have, um, the gift to, I'm intuitive and I'm also a people reader and it's not like, Oh, I can read people in the room. It's like, <laughs> I will read your life. And it's weird. I don't necessarily know. It's not weird. I can't say that. It's wonderful. Mm. Um, because I don't, I don't know how and why it happens, but all of a sudden it's like, well, blah, 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 blah. All this stuff comes out and someone's like, how did you, how did you know that? I was That's like, exactly I know. what happened. Our first conversation. This is why I'm sitting on your couch. I know. And may I say your place is lovely. Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, so I had, that's the light for me. So being able to do that and actually find a way to um, really help people figure things out. And I do it in the professional space because that's where a lot of my 
um, darkness came from, right? So if I want to use my light that I now have, because I have the best job ever, I'm the best boss I've ever had. Yes. I'm a wonderful leader. I mentor and coach myself. You know, I'm <laughs> able to do these wonderful things that I always wanted. Um, I want to make sure that people find their light and the work that they're doing. So a lot of that comes through um, uh, executive coaching for me. So I'm able to help these powerhouses of VCs and tech companies and nonprofits and foundations figure stuff out of how to be their best selves in that role or in another role, you know? Um, and it's really, um, it's just really amazing that I'm able to do that. So now, like when I first started coaching, I would just like do a little something like, oh yeah, that's me. But now on like the first session, I'm like, these are all things you need to fix right. because of X, Y, and Z in your life. And then your parents did this. So this is why you don't. And they're <laughs> like, huh. and I'm like, oh, by the way, I'm a people reader and I'm intuitive. So this is, you're going to get this and you can't lie to me. So this will be fun. You get know, what you pay for. get what you pay. Yeah. Get what you pay for. This will be fun. And then we'll, you know, figure it out. So, you know, ever since I've been able to do that, it's been, it's been a fun ride. You're your best boss. Mm -hmm. That statement alone rises something within me. So that I can take more charge of my life. Yeah. Right. It sounds like you have to be kind to yourself. You have to be flexible, compassionate, mm -hmm. on time. Because mm -hmm. if you're not, you won't eat. Mm -hmm. All these things. Right. <laughs> I think when I hear you say you've been your best boss, that means more to me than hearing someone boast about how they are an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Because there is an element of wholeness yeah. while we're all in progress. Right. What are some of the things that you've had to learn? Even though you've had some of the cruelest teachers on earth <laughs> on your journey, but what are some of the things that you've had to learn in order to be your best boss? Because we're not often kind to ourselves. Yeah. Um, I don't like to wear pants. I learned that about myself. I have them on now uh, because you're here, but <laughs> I, do, I don't like pants. I tend to work um, in robes or like t-shirts and pants for some reason are very limiting right, yes. and confining to me. So, uh, and I have a home office, so it works that way. I do obviously get dressed when I go out to meet with clients. Um, that's good to know for the, our listeners. Yes. For the listeners. <laughs> yes. For That's very important. Um, and then I, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a hustler straight up. I'm pretty sure it was a pimp in a past life or something like, I really feel like the that grind is, is, is real for me. But it's not like a 24-7 grind. I'm, I have never understood the entrepreneurs. Like you never sleep and just up all night and just the grind is nonstop and you work 24-7 and seven days a week. It's like, no, I work. I work 20 and 30 hours <laughs> a week because I know like one, I, I don't. I don't, I've never liked working full time because I, now that I want to live my life, I want to live my life. So I want to travel, I want to watch TV, I want to organize a closet. I want to do all these other things that I wouldn't be able to do if I had that 40, 50 hour work week plus the commute. You know, now I have this time. So I want to take advantage of the time. Yeah. Um, and then it's just, being smart about who you work with, right? So um, work smarter, not harder, right? Mm -hmm. It's very cheesy, but also really true. So, you know, I think about my my rates, I think about my project rates and whether something's worth my time or not worth my time. Because mm -hmm. there's definitely times where I have a busier week and maybe I'm doing an interview on the weekend and then this podcast here and then working with clients and maybe facilitating a leadership group. So there are those times for sure, but it's figuring out how to create that balance. So if I'm doing something on a Saturday or Sunday, I'm for sure not working on Monday or Tuesday, you know, it's just making sure that there is that balance mm -hmm. and then there's that income. I will say I do miss a regular check. 
<laughs> I miss that a lot. I think about that. I think about just direct deposit, oh, you know, because that was really nice. Yeah, and nice. direct deposit, you got paid the same amount for regardless of what you did, you know. But for me, I do have, you know, I have obviously regular checks that come in, but it doesn't mean it's consistently because you are, you know, invoicing and making mm-hmm. sure they're paying. You know, it's a different yeah. thing, but the checks are bigger. And I have endless earning potential and I can diversify my income and I can do lots of different things, which I wouldn't be able to do, yeah. you know, in a nine to five. And I will say that I am not a believer in people leaving their job to start their own company because it's hard. It's a lot of work. It's a hustle. I'm still figuring stuff out. This is year four for me, two years full time. And I'm always learning something new. I'm bringing on my first um like operations. I have a team on one project, but I'm, I'm bringing in someone uh, as a, an operations director, which is insane. But a few weeks ago, I realized like, I can't, I can't be me and reply to emails. There's like no way for me to do that because I'm, I'm growing. Right. So those kind of things happen. Yeah. So you're evolving that way. That's really good information. As we're on this journey, <laughs> as we're on tour, of course, I don't have like a sound guy just yet, and I don't have a stage manager, and mm-hmm. no one's rolling in my equipment, and I love peanut MMs. And no one's organizing my no one, peanut MMs by color. Right. It's like just, Diddy. Again, the red ones. Right. Yeah. Alter ego, but I'm not there yet in life. So you, that's will, you will be. What, let's begin into existence, right? Yeah. But what I'm, I say all this to say that you realize that you need assistance. Mm hmm. Right. Some people are like, oh, don't say help. Oh, my gosh. Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. We all need help. We all need help. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's a beautiful thing because I'm sure that that allows you to show up for your clients mm-hmm. in different ways. Mm-hmm. And speaking of clients and, you know, just boom, drop the mic like Funk Max or Flex or the bomb that he drops. The multi-million <laughs> dollar projects. Mm-hmm. You go from. Being torn down mm-hmm. from a kinfo- oh, skin folk, not kin folk, <laughs> right? To managing these multi-million dollar projects. Mm-hmm. What was that like? So, I mean, I haven't managed. I guess I am doing one now. That's right. Um, so I was doing more multi-million dollar <laughs> projects when I had a nine to five. Mm-hmm. So there are these six, seven million dollar projects, three million dollar projects where I was doing grant administration or contract management or Managing, managing, managing. Um, And so now it's different because I make the decisions. I write the checks. um, I figure out who I want to work with, who I don't want to work with. I say no to people I don't want to work with. Um, And you wouldn't have the leeway so much um, in a nine to five space. So for me, it's just like making my financial goal for the year and then everything else is extra. (laughs) Because I'm extra. So it works out. (laughs) I'm here for all of that. So you know what? I need tips. Tips. I want okay. people to walk away feeling like they can be as dope as Dr. Kaday mm-hmm. and really make it through some ish. Mm-hmm. Like sitting somewhere, rushing to places you don't want to be is mm-hmm. the worst feeling on earth. Like pounding the pavement, messing up your little work shoes. Okay. Mm-hmm. DSW don't have enough cushion <laughs> out there in these streets. But what are some steps for someone who may be listening at their desk? Mm-hmm. Someone who may be in transition or in route, excuse me, yeah. to that place that they don't want to be at. Yeah. What, what can they do? So a couple things. Um, one, I would say starting with your what is important to you and your culture, right? So when we think about culture, 
um, it's the easy stuff like our ethnicity, you know, where we come from, where we were raised, right? But culture also includes the social groups that you're a part of, um, chronic illness, addictions, um, your social economical status, your family structure, all of those things are important to you. So when you figure out what's important to you and your culture and what you need to feel supported in that culture, then that helps you figure out where you need to be professionally, right? So that's the first thing. The second thing is knowing what you need to be happy personally and professionally. So if you ever have feelings at work um, at a nine to five job where you feel like you're not good enough, that you're always proving yourself, you come home tired. Um, I used to have like anxiety on Sundays because I didn't want to go to work, right? Those are all signs that something needs to change, right? So from there, if you look at what you need to feel valued at work, so commute, this uh, type of leadership, building a team, autonomy, um, X amount of money, X amount of benefits. When you write down everything you need, regardless of the position you're in, to feel valued and appreciated at work, so you feel you can be successful, you can grow, challenge, whatever those things are that you need, 80 to about 85% of those things need to be met in order to be successful in your role. If that cannot be met, and I sometimes say 85 to 90%, but if those things cannot be met, there's no way for you to thrive there. That means it's only going to affect your mental health negatively. You're going to take it back home. It's going to affect your relationships, children. You're going to hate your commute, you know, whatever, right? Um, Then it's time to GTFO. And that's operation get the fuck out and move on to the next thing. You can definitely try to see what you can do to change things in your role or move into a different position within the company or maybe even a different office. But if things are not going to be met, it's not worth the time or energy. Because again, like as I mentioned earlier, you're at work more than you are in your life. So you really need to enjoy the work that you do and find the purpose there. Some people um, will be fine having some type of passion project or something on this. So, and then, you know, the last thing is Operation GTFO, like, you know, get the fuck out, move on. Because if you are at work more than you are in life, which everyone is, you really have to feel the joy at work. You have to feel motivated. You have to feel inspired because if you don't, that's going to affect your personal life. You're going to bring it home. It's going to affect your relationship, your kids, whatever it may be, your any chance of like dating your attitude is just going to be really negative and you could be in a position where you do end up in darkness right so either depression of some sort or increased anxiety or a combination of both or ptsd like there's no need for us to live lives like that there are other jobs out there right so if if you have to leave and do a gtfo start thinking about who you can network with start thinking about um we can talk to think about your advisory squad hashtag advisory squad. So your advisory squad consists of your mentors that you have um, advisors, like people who are giving you advice or advocates, right. Mm -hmm. Of what to do. They may be someone at a higher level than you. So they can give you a little insight about how they were able to do something or find a job or this potential career path or um, degree. You may be interested in if you want to go back to school or certification and your sponsors. So your sponsors are the people who are the magic makers. They're the ones who have, the contacts to say like, you should talk to this person and boom, you have a job like that. Or they're the person that puts you into a new role or moves you to a new department because they have that power. You may not interface with them regularly, but they see you and they know what you're doing and then they want to support you with that. So advisory squad, your mentors, your advocates and your sponsors. So that's, that's the advice that I have to give. What is the next stop on your tour? 
Next up on my tour, um, hopefully getting married. I don't know. Yes, where he at though? Everybody knows hashtag where he where he at. Though. Where he at though? He I'm at? single and like Are you open to mingle. Say it one more time for the people in the back. Um, you can slide in my DMs because Hello. I am single yeah. and, and open to mingling. That was an open always, invitation. Hello, somebody. It is. I'm a horrible dater though. I am not good at all because I'm a people reader. So it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I believe your magical Negro or whoever he is is going to fall out the sky. Yeah. And he's going to be right there. Totally. He's going to be like a high fiver and, yeah. and I'll be a high fiver right back yes. to him, you know? So we'll see. So if you want a high five or do a little <laughs> bit more than that, slide into her DMs. Mm-hmm. Come on, give us the Instagram handle. Oh, well. Um, we're going forward. We're um, moving forward. Um, so you can follow me at, at change today. So the word change, C-H-A-N-G-E and today, C-A-D-E-T. That's also the same for Twitter and Facebook. Um, and you can also go to my website at change today. Com. So slide into her <laughs> or hit her up for professional coaching. Of course, that's why she is right. here. Yeah. Hello, somebody. Akila. Yes. I'm calling you by your first name. Yes, you should. Because we're at the end of this episode. We are. And you have been such an open book and such a resource. Thanks. And I am certain that you have helped someone out. Because so many people, especially women, mm-hmm. just think that we have to go through. Mm-hmm. Everything must be a process. This must be for a reason. I'm going to make it through. And, you know, one of the things that Tremaine Lee said to me and someone shared it with him was that there's nothing natural about resilience. Mm-hmm. And we shouldn't have to be resilient. Mm-hmm. As crazy as that sounds, right? But it's so true. Like, I don't know where the word resiliency and resilience mm-hmm. and all that jazz comes from. Shout out to all the people who are just, like sliding <laughs> to my DMs. Like, actually, it comes it's from, from here. Right. You know? <laughs> uh, thank you very much. Um, but one of the things that I also believe, and this is from my church, shout out to Pastor Mike, is that we were created to live the lives we were, you know, created mm-hmm. to live. We have to live those lives. And you're living. Mm-hmm. And you've taken center stage in your life. Mm -hmm. And the light, like you said, is shining on you so very brightly. My thank you. You're welcome. I mean, you know, it was a life of lessons. I'm only 36. I don't know what else is. You're not done. Yeah. But I do, I have to say though, particularly for women of color, um, you don't have to fight all the time. There's no need for that. You can just keep it moving and go on to the, the next thing. I mean, I know I did talk about this, but as you know, I do have heart issues. So I have to fight a lot in healthcare because black women don't have pain. You know, black women don't have pain. Um, And that's because society views us as very strong people who could raise a child while being single and doing this thing and then flip that and then wear the stress and then be snatched and do all that. Like we have this unrealistic expectation for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So we are conditioned to live something that is really not our truth. Right. Yeah. So if you're not happy with him, you're not happy with her, you're not happy with the job, you're not happy in general. All you can do is just, just change it. You don't have to pretend like you're okay with something. You just, you have to keep it moving and figure out how to, yes, be in your light, but also um, say no and just be, find your happiness, whatever that may be. So I was not going to bring up your heart because. Oh, I talk about it all the time. Okay. It's on my Instagram. It, it is on your Instagram. That's like half topless photos. Okay. Look, <laughs> follow her right now. Hello. Change good day. She already spelled it. 
she's going to come up first. <laughs> but I, I do want to just go back a little bit mm-hmm. because living in this uncertainty mm-hmm. about what's going on with your literal heart mm-hmm. has forced you to live a different lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Some things, you know, because you figured you'd have to do them. Others, because your body is telling you. How has listening to your heart shaped your life? That's a wonderful question. Um, it's shaped my life because once you feel like you're going to die multiple times, you just realize like nothing's a big deal. So you're just like, whatever. And I'm not saying you have to get to the point where you feel like dying. Cause I know that happened with depression and that's happened with my heart as I've shared my story, but it's just realizing that you can just live your life to the fullest. Um, I'm given a physical cue. So if I'm doing too much, I feel it in my body. I'm tired and exhausted. Or um, if my heart is beating too fast throughout the day where it feels like I'm running on a treadmill, I'm going to be exhausted. Or if I get shooting pain on my heart, it's like, okay, well, I probably need to, you know, slow down. But there's times where I'm speaking in front of people and I'm in pain, but they wouldn't know it. So that's when I do act like the typical black woman. I'm like, hey, you know, right. And I get through that because that's because I need to pay my medical bills and my bills in general and like, you know, um, make it through life. But I did have to make the decision um, a few months ago, because it's been 16 months this month that I've had heart problems that um, I had to share it uh, professionally and not just personally. So that's why you see, like, if you want to learn more, there's stories and interviews and podcasts um, on my Instagram and on my website that you can get more about my, my background story, but I'm, I've had to learn that this is now part of my identity. Mm -hmm. Um, if it goes away, great, still part of my identity. If it doesn't, then, you know, it's just part of my story and I have to figure out how to to live with that. Let's talk about the typical black woman. Yes. Just a little bit. I was having this conversation in the newsroom not too long ago because there was someone who candidly shared her story about living in pain with an illness Mm -hmm. and just going about her business as usual. It almost took her out. Mm -hmm. And now you share your story publicly because Mm -hmm. it is a part of your life. Mm -hmm. Um, But there was a part of your life that you lived when people didn't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember having this conversation with you thinking that you were wearing a cell phone pack. <laughs> and I was like, wait, okay, that's so cool. It's so trendy. I like how she's bringing that back. I'm here for <laughs> You're like, actually, Lydia, my heart is being monitored. Right. Um, but for women who think that they have to put on their cape, mm-hmm. tighten their mask, mm-hmm. put on their lipstick, get the job done, and then go home and like, die to themselves Mm -hmm. what advice do you have for them don't do that like ask for help you know um and and let people know like the thing about having an invisible illness like the person that you shared is that no one sees a wheelchair a crutch a cast right so you have to verbalize you have to communicate Mm -hmm. when you're not well this means mentally and physically too you know because like when i was diagnosed with severe depression we had these dumbass staff meetings you had to report what was going on that's why I knew it was checked out because I said dumbass staff meetings. But like you had to like <laughs> you had to report out like what happened this week for you. And I was like, I was diagnosed with severe depression. So if I'm not nice, that's probably why. Wow. Yeah. And I just said it because I was irritated and I just wanted people to know to like not fuck with me or like not mess with me because I wasn't in that place. Um, but so many of my coworkers came up to me. They're like, oh my God, that was so brave. And I was like, was it? was it brave? But it was because I shared something that most people don't share. So that's why I also talk about mental health um, in the workplace and mental health, particularly for women and and women of color. And that's why I had to make the 
you know, professional decision to publicly share that I have this heart thing because sometimes I do have a heart monitor or, or I need to sit down or I need water or I need to take my medication or whatever the thing is. Um, and it's mainly because they, especially when I coach people, I'm telling people to live in their truth. And I wasn't, you know, people I coached knew, but like external facing stuff, no one knew that you know, so I had to do what I told people to do. And so that's why I started, like, I, it was a big day for me. I had this big post, my blowout and like my heart monitor. And I put it on my, um, public account and the, the feedback that I got was positive. Um, feedback I got from clients was, you know, really positive and people are understanding. I thought it would affect my income, you know, so I had some fear around that, but there was, um, like I do, I just worked through that fear, you know, um, and it turned out to be a positive thing. I got an interview and a podcast, you know, like this yeah. other stuff that I didn't think would come from it did because I was being able to, you know, live in my truth. So I just like, the more you're able to be yourself, the easier life is when people will come and go, jobs will come and go. And that transition will be easier because you're not fighting it. So when you are pretending like everything's okay, you are fighting the reality. Right. And that is only making things worse. It's only making the health condition worse. It's only making the mental health condition worse. It's making the job worse, that relationship worse, whatever it is, because you're acting like it's something, yeah. you know, that it's not. So, you know, I, I'm a child of divorce and I was conditioned to pretend like everything was okay from a young age when my parents are at home, you know, fighting, like we look like the Cosby's, but in reality, that wasn't the case. So I learned this from a very young age to always pretend like everything was fine. You know, and I, it is a reason why things were harder for me because I wasn't truthful and I didn't communicate what was really going on. Yeah. So now everyone knows everything about me. It's just word vomit. It's just, it's out there and I'm an open book, like you said. And I'm here <laughs> for all of it because it, it challenges me. I'll speak for myself. It challenges me to be more transparent. Mm -hmm. That's why I wanted to do this podcast. That's why I'm like, I can't be afraid of my voice and no. this and that. Be more enthusiastic. Yeah. Um, because transparency is very scary mm -hmm. and intimidating. But mm -hmm. like you said, when you live in your truth, you're not fighting. Um, and I may have been paraphrasing there, but I'm not fighting against myself. Mm -hmm. um, taking the wind out of yourself, mm -hmm. not a good feeling. <laughs> not a good feeling at all. I have to ask you for like another gem. You've mm -hmm. given me so many <laughs> gems. I'm like, girl, yes, come through with all the gems. But... If you can drop the mic mm -hmm. or say something before you drop the mic, mm -hmm. for everyone listening, what would it be? Keep being amazing. That's it. We got to figure out what that is and just keep being that. It's funny. Like, people don't think they're amazing, but if you tell them they're amazing, then they'll realize, like, oh my gosh, there is something potentially amazing about me. It's a signature for my email. Keep being amazing. It's the outgoing thing. Um, because if you had a bad day or you're being rude to me or um, whatever it may be, it's just the easy three words to encourage someone to either get to that or keep doing that. Perfect. <laughs> you're amazing. Okay, Thanks. Oh my God. I can talk to you forever. You can. And ever and ever. You can. And ever. Well, I'm going to keep talking forever. <laughs> you went for life. That's true. Yeah. That's right. On this day. On this day. Yes. I became the official crazy baby daddy. You, you did. You I always wanted to be a 
Mm-hmm. Always wanted one. Let it be me. I always wanted one. I'll feed you. All I feel that. like what? it will just add so much more to my life. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're for very being a welcome. Part of the Get My Life Tour. I'm so honored to be here. This was the perfect first stop with a guest. Yay. We've taken center stage. Let the record show that this is in Oakland, California. This is important. This is what's up. Hello. <laughs> I will be migrating this way. <laughs> but this was perfect. You shared so much. And let people know how they can get in contact with you one more time. Absolutely. So follow me um, at Change Cadet. So like the word change at C-H-A-N-G Cadet, C-A-D-E-T. Um, again, that's for Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And then you can uh, read more about me or learn what I'm doing on my website at www.changecadet.com. And you can, of course, sign my DMs with any questions you have. I tend to answer questions at least once a week. So, yeah. Or sign your DMs if you're single. Right. Right. Or if you are looking to hire her because you're not qualified. Yes. Professional services only. Straight that as well. Right. Yeah, no, I gave that life up. (laughs) I'm kidding. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) I love it. Oh, my God.